Welcome to the Heart of Soul podcast, an exploration of who you are, what you are, and why you are, offering new ways to investigate age-old questions at the heart of you. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for listening or watching the Heart of Soul podcast. You did not ask for it, but we had to do it. We just couldn't hold it back. Identities take on the COVID-19 pandemic. Of course, it's over. I saw it on television, so it must be true. And you're tired of hearing about it. Of course, if you weren't tired of hearing about it, there'd be something wrong with you besides the fact that you possibly still have COVID or just got it. I hope you didn't. But I promise you'll hear a fresh perspective on it. In addition to this, in case uh, you really uh, don't want to hear anything about COVID anymore, which I would totally understand, we'll assign the six things that make us crazy to the six chakras, as well as the 13 qualities of an Edenist. Stace brought only uh, eight of these to the episode with a wish to get to 13. And I'm telling you, where else can you see real-time philosophy happening? It's like if philosophy was a spectator sport, you're brought into us brainstorming. We brainstorm a couple more on the spot uh, and fill the rest out right after we stop recording. So you won't hear all 13 in the episode because like I said, we came up with the last couple uh, post-air, but hear those, all, all those qualities for you right now. Socially progressive, an Edenist is socially progressive, fiscally conservative, politically centrist, empirically rigorous, sexually monogamous, heartfully generous, philosophically anti-collectivismic, spiritually non-religious, existentially curious, non-codependently relational, emotively sober, soulfully embodied, paradigmatically conscious. A quick announcement before we begin. On June 17th, 2023, in the Clubhouse app, our friend Eric Grace will be hosting a gathering of EBE facilitators, which we now call in-soul mentors, to talk about identity and answer questions for participants. That'll be at 10.30 Pacific, 10.30 a.m. Pacific time on Clubhouse in the Holy, that's with a W-H, Holy Human Club. Uh, that's Eric Grace's club. Stay Spree, Eric, myself, and others will be there. And when we get together, cool things happen. I promise it will be magical in one way or another. So I hope you can make it. The invite is in the show notes. If you can't make it and want to send a question in for us to field, you can email me at joseph, that's J-O-S-E-F, as in Frank, at clearandopen.com. And uh, any other questions for any reason, you can always get me there. Thanks so much for listening and or watching. Let's start the show. Well, greetings and welcome forward, everybody, to I think this is 55, and um, we're going to be talking about the state of the world, especially uh, around the content of the pandemic, which is officially over, <laughs> in case you were paying yeah. attention. You can't get it anymore. It's over. So I have a... Oh, I laugh so I don't cry. Yeah, I have, a, I have a half-brother on uh, uh, Facebook announced. He said after three years, uh, he finally got COVID. And I wrote him, I guess, didn't you hear the pandemic's over? What's wrong with you? You're <laughs> late. <laughs> uh, but before we dive into that, I wanted to share with you, and I'm purposefully springing this on you because I always love to get your spontaneous reactions. Um, okay. As you know, and I think I mentioned on the podcast before, I have the, the list of six things that we have uh, that make people crazy that we have issues with. And I was talking with a client of mine who spontaneously and brilliantly tried to assign those six things, which are, if I can remember all six, he tried to assign them to chakras, which we were talking about last time. Oh. 
uh-huh. which I had not thought of doing. And he made mm-hmm. a stab at it, and then I revised it a little bit, and here's what I've come up with. So okay. this is what I'm springing on you. This is a proposed addition to the identity paradigm, real-time presentation, <laughs> sharing with the audience that can be part of the evolution of it. <laughs> nice. So oh, Transparency to the max. Yeah, it's fun. So as one and seven, we've established are actually essentially the same chakra. Yeah. One and seven is the issue of death. Seven, okay. healing the fear of not being in sagehood. One, right. the issue of living your life, in, in, yes. incarnated mm-hmm. life, right? There's life and death. Two, okay. life, and, e- life and death, yeah. Life and death, we call it. Two, easy one, that's sex. Mm-hmm. Three would be power. Okay. Four is love. Okay. Five, money. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. It's a questionable one, but I didn't have okay. anywhere else to put it. Okay. <laughs> Expression of passion path, how you work, you could say work and money in five. Sure. Mm-hmm. Six, work, work and money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, work and money. And six, God. Well, okay. What do the you only think? thing I'd add uh, is creativity and two. Uh-huh. Okay, sex and creativity, yeah. Yeah, everything else fits fairly well. Uh, so those are good summaries uh, in the most general sense. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of more spe- lots more specificities, but no, I I uh, can uh, uh, put my imprimatur on that as completely reasonable uh, as the uh, paradigm becomes more and more loquacious yeah. in its uh, presentation. So yeah. And thank you very much. And just goes to show you in the audience, you too can be a contributor to the evolving paradigm of identity. <laughs> Yes. Because yes, uh, we we could say that uh, metaphysically uh, we support crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Uh, metaphysically, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a really interesting thing. It's a, that's the way it should be. That's we'll get to that uh, as part of today's presentation about the state of the world. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's great. I once had uh, some people in a way early 1.0 uh, try to shoehorn the the uh seven seven sub personas into each of the chakras and, oh boy. Uh, it, it was it was not not an unreasonable um idea but a completely unworkable impossible projection yeah. and this person uh actually we came it, it was one of the things between myself and this person that separated us because this person insisted that i was resisting uh seeing it her way um, and so i said well no, you can have it your way if you like it's just not uh, uh, uh this paradigm's picture that's all it's well okay. someone who had a grip on that attempt to make it metaphysically neat yes. i would intuit is um would be more interested in working with energy than actual core emotion well, gosh, did you just pigeonhole that person right there? <laughs> Good connection. Bless her heart uh, that she's into energy and uh, transformation, not transmutation. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, special thanks to Bill for the idea, uh, who may be listening, for the idea of um, connecting those six things to chakras. Couldn't have done it without him. So thanks to you. Yeah, it's uh, it's out. some of those are out there already, of course, but that's yeah. a nice take on it the way. Thanks, Bill. I uh, I thank you personally. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, right on. So where should we talk about the 
tragic state of the world as it relates to the pandemic and other things? Well, uh, it, I think I want to talk a bit about uh, COVID only because of exactly the way you framed it here is it's it's now called the end of it. Um, and so it bears a little bit of um, retro Monday morning metaphysical quarterbacking. Nice. Uh, um, of course, the context for what happened during the uh, the pandemic revealed the depth and pervasiveness of unconscious anxiety, fear, uh, and fear in the population in the emotion, emoto-soulful body. Yeah. Uh, it, it, of course, revealed equally uh, patently the uh, lack of healthy immune system in virtually 85% of the world. Yeah. Um, and so those two things, the the exposure of, of the lack of... Um, of healthy immunity and uh how it 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 fed off of a global level of dread anxiety uh, and fear that is semi-unconscious to most people yeah. the depth and pervasive pervasive perva pervasivity of it if i can use that word sure uh, um so uh, in that sense, uh, the, all the reactions uh, on both sides of the political landscape and the medical scientific landscape, the two um, uh, warring factions, as it were, we'll talk more about that in a moment, uh, uh, all, are all that only occurred because of the depth of dread, fear, and anxiety in the global population of human beings. Mm -hmm. And that's how unstable our modern technological world has become for our immortal soulful nature. Uh, it's way top heavy, uh, top heavy in the sense that our technological evolution has so far outpaced our immortal soulful foundation of being that this is exactly a wonderful way to put why things are due for a fairly strong splash soon uh, because of that top heaviness. Mm -hmm. So um, in the sense that we now know, which finally admitted by WHO and CDC, of course, that uh, the uh, jabs, they're not vaccines, um, Yes, yeah. let us not call them vaccines. Everybody. No, no, please. Uh, I respect science too much to do that. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, or how about language? Like it's supposed to mean something, not, you know, two things. Well, well, as soon as spin came into uh, the political landscape in the early 60s and uh, mid 60s and early 70s, uh, we were already uh, divorcing uh, uh, language from meaning. And uh, it has now just gotten so so uh, globalized uh, that it's turned into misinformation uh, now and now AI fake realities. Uh, yes, that uh, it's uh, it, it, we became unmoored uh, from uh, we divorced meaning and 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 verbiage uh, many decades ago. So that's contributing yeah. there also. Uh, but now that uh, CDC and and W and WHO. Uh, admit that uh, the jabs do not stop transmissibility nor infection. Um, whereas early in the pandemic, mm -hmm. they were selling it without saying it directly. They were selling it as both. Yeah. That this will stop transmission and stop um, uh, 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 getting it. And if you don't so, get it, 
yes. then you're being morally irresponsible because you will pass it on to other people. Uh, exactly right. Based yes. on that and, idea. Right. You're being selfish. Um, mm -hmm. And so all these projections all come out of a panic, literally a panic uh, that the boogeyman is going to get us. And in, in mm -hmm. this in this case, a, a coronavirus, which has been around for for thousands of years in the human population right a it's coronavirus a, rather than the coronavirus, coronavirus. <laughs> right a, a one of a couple of dozen mm -hmm. uh, if you look at the scientific literature rigorously not and not politically mm -hmm. um, so uh in that sense um the whole uh react the knee-jerk reaction was taken a, was innocent in one way but taken advantage of by a certain soul species that runs the world, uh, the Tyrannic world, uh, for um, to get more power and more money, uh, greed for power and money, and uh, so the uh, the um, heads of those, um, C the CDC, WHO, and with some um, support from the WEF, the World Economic Forum, uh, and transhumanism, which we'll talk about uh, today, also. Um, it blew everything out of proportion and uh, lined the pockets of uh, so many of the leaders associated with um, one leader who happened to say that uh, made the comment that, that masks were useless, of course, uh, because the micron size was um, way too big for it to stop the uh, coronavirus and then mandated masks. And two weeks later, um, mm. he, he shall be left unnamed. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh so in that well, sense, wait, I, I want to insert something here. Um, uh, yeah. Let us not forget, uh, as I forget it entirely, what I was going to say. Um, oh, the I found it fascinating the amount of conspiracy theories that were getting oh, created mm -hmm. around it, as if like this the, the pandemic, right? And the pandemic. Um, right. Uh, one of my theories about the conspiracy theorists is that they've never led a group of people because they have no idea what how much coordination and how much work it would take. Yes. Um, and that right. it's it's just capitalism that is about capitalizing on yes. a circumstance, and you don't have exactly. to be a conspiracist no. to capitalize <laughs> on a situation and sell a lot of quote unquote uh, vaccines, which are not vaccines. It was just good business from those people's perspective. Sure, and that's why Edenists um, are not uh, conspiracists. Uh, We'll get to a little bit more detail about that in a moment, but um, we don't project conspiracies when um, uh, Occam's razor tells us that the simplest explanation is almost always, not always, but almost always uh, uh, the, the, the real answer. And capital, greed-based greed capitalism, not democratic, um, uh, uh, heart-based capitalism, but greed-based capitalism. Or, or even excellence-based capitalism. Or even excellence-based capitalism. Um, all of those uh, uh, are all based in energy, mind, and will, not heart and soul. Yeah. So uh, in that sense, capitalism is not the problem. Uh, capitalism right. would not would, would be completely innocuous, neutral, and positive if it were not uh, if it did not uh, get uh, grav uh, gravitate uh, greedy people to it, uh, yeah. greedy corporations, greed and power, the, 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 the will to greed and power. Uh, with money and with um, actual uh, actual power over people, that's what uh, makes ca distorts capitalism all out of its uh, of its cleanest roots. Because yeah, I'm sorry, just like we say about democracy's got all these flaws, it's just 
happens to be the least worst version of governmental um, administrative uh, shape. Same thing with capitalism. It's uh, It's got a ton of flaws, but it's only because it's inhabited by so many greedos who uh, want a billion dollars isn't enough uh, and they, 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 they can't they can't pay taxes because no, no, that'll keep them from the sec- second billion dollars. So that's, anyway, what, that's what's really going to make them happy is the second oh, billion dollars. For oh, sure. yeah. And then then see what happens when they no <laughs> no no Now it's got to be the third billion. Yeah. So this is a this is a black hole of greed, and it's all based in uh, unconscious woundings and specific soul species priorities, of course. So the problem is not democracy or capitalism. I just want to insert that in, in the identity's point of view, uh, which we ask people to consider the possibility that it, what if that were true? Uh, yeah, and that's and, super important because there's no political uh, candidates or uh, e- elected officials who are running with the platform of, Hey, we've got some great systems here. We just need to relate with them better. You, yes. you don't hear people talking no. that way. That 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 is the central. What you just said right there. That phrase, Joseph, is the central activism mm-hmm. of identity. Mm-hmm. That is the simplest way to put it. It's not our institutions that are flawed. It's our use and relationship to our institution that's institutions that are flawed. And guess. Who's flawed? Look in the mirror, everyone. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. look in the mirror. We all, anyone who wants the most money for the least work um, or least effort is a greedo. Well, and there's uh, a great example of what happened with crypto, which is almost comical. And I heard someone say, oh. I forget who it was, um, changed Occam's razor to something else razor. And uh, mm-hmm. forget, I wish I got to look it up or something. But instead of the simplest explanation uh, is the most likely, the most ironic explanation. <laughs> is the most. Yes. So crypto is a great oh. example. It's like, oh, no, money is the problem. The, the common currency is the problem. Let's create a new currency without changing the way we really relate emotionally to currency. Right. And lo and behold, the same thing happens. The alternative, it becomes something that, you know, is basically arbitrage and, um, you know, sleight yes. of hand. And it's not just even more uh, separate from real value. And look what happened to it. Well, yeah. And, and the emperor has no clothes that mm-hmm. way in the sense that it devolved into an investment strategy right. to make money not an actual possible, viable, and reasonable uh, possibility for the future had we been inhabiting the investigation of it from a currency point of view and not an investment point of view. Right. You see, like you say, it's all it was all a victim of arbitrage, and who can everybody's uh, trying to trying to get uh, eat the eat the pie and have the pie also. And that's not uh, why it was originally created. No, I don't think. No, no, it, it, noble noble roots. But it just got torn to pieces and people, good people who invested in it because they thought it might uh, create some uh, uh, investment improvement in the in the future have been in, have been conditioned to do that. Yeah. But they had the good hopes in the beginning that it would actually become a viable uh, um, option to it's no different than uh, those ones and zeros that are in our bank accounts online. You know, it's really just takes it. It's just being honest about it. Yeah. Uh, in that sense. So, but it's already been flogged to death by greed. And so it's yeah. a possibility for the future is hugely hampered in identity's um, uh, offering. Yeah. So anyway, the point is here is that uh, um, uh, all that um, innocent fear, dread, and panic in the global population that's gone unattended to 
So still astonishing. We say this all the time that it's over, almost 100, going on 150 years, 140 years since uh, Freud and um, Jung taught us that the unconscious rules the unconscious, the unconscious rules the conscious until the conscious becomes aware of how much the unconscious rules the conscious. Mm -hmm. And there is no, that is, does not, has never seeped in in all these uh, decades, this over, over a century has never seeped into everyday life that we're operating out of unconscious uh, dynamical bandwidths uh, three times as much almost as conscious ones. Yeah, I was thinking about this just yesterday, um, how like the concepts, and this is, classic, you know, uh, heliocentrism, for example, you know, these ideas take often hundreds of years to really sink in. And then, you know, mm -hmm. like the concept of projection probably goes yes. <laughs> all the way back to Freud and people are just starting to get the hang of it. Like, oh, I'm yeah. putting on them what I think and like, yes. ta-da, wow. And, mm -hmm. and so like the, the way people relate to their unconscious mostly is like, you know, it contributes to like one to 5% of their experience. Yes. So right. it exists. They they understand the concept, but they don't yes. think that it's running their lives. No. And, and this is the this is the crazy making aspect of it. Yeah. So uh, that's why uh, one of the three core principles of identity is that we're all responsible for the content of our unconscious. If that one one teaching uh, got actually got traction in this world, we would we would completely change our relationship to everything human, everything, everything. And it's that simple and that onerously unlikely to ever happen in our lifetimes. But there it is. Um, and it's not, we didn't, identity didn't invent either projection or unconscious rules the conscious. Um, we're just standing for the truth of it by these uh, two men who basically authored uh, uh, this astounding new paradigm. Uh, of consciousness. Well, the good news is about that is, you know, unconscious conditioning, I think, goes back to 18th century philosophy. I think it was John sure. Locke or yeah. somebody. Uh, even, yeah, Locke, that's right. I'll go, it goes back before that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and but there so, was no op operand for Right. That. Freud was the first one to create an actual operation with it. Right. Um, but it gives me hope because it's like, hey, if a new idea takes 500 years or so to actually take root somewhere, then that's where mm -hmm. we are. Our society is a reflection of uh, masses of people maintaining denial uh, that their unconscious is um, uh, running their lives and they're dead ending. What happens if I just pretend that none of that is there? That's the world yeah. in which we live. Uh, basically by two thirds majority. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two thirds. So uh, wrapping up uh, with uh, thousands of words that have been said about it. Um, uh, uh, for me uh, and, and Bree and those of us who never got the jab, and uh, wanted to get, if we were going to get COVID, we wanted natural immunity to come out of it. When we eventually did uh, get COVID, had a miserable two weeks, each of us. Uh, yes. And uh, um, and then we've got natural antibodies, so much so that when we just traveled to Europe recently, neither of us wore a mask on a on a on a 12-hour flights yeah. uh, to Europe, and neither of us got ill. Uh, whereas before we wore... The flights that we did catch it on, we had masks on the whole time, mm -hmm. and we caught COVID on the on the previous uh, airline flights that we took. So, in that sense, natural immunity is the most unselfish thing you could do, uh, as mm -hmm. opposed to being called selfish by not getting the jab and lining uh, uh, Mr. F's uh, uh, pocket because he had patents on so much of those jabs. Uh, so, if 
if a new pandemic were to start six months from now, a couple of years from now, do you think it would play out differently? Like, did we as a culture learn anything from this or would it all happen pretty much the same way again? Well, it's hard to say. That's a great question. And um, I chew on this a lot uh, mm -hmm. from a, a different angle, but you open the, the different door to the same issue. And that is um, the left and the right um, uh, had such balancing distortions on both <laughs> sides that uh, that that I doubt that anything will be learned about it because the, the pandemic crystallized crystallized those two um, alternate realities uh, and 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 there's distortions on both sides. The only thing you can say for the progressive side is that they're con consciously their heart is in the right place. Mm -hmm. but but they're just as distorted in their worldview as the right as the conservatives. And in fact, identity um, has a little bit of language. We um, see the two worldviews uh, uh, running the world right now as progressive and regressive. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a little clearer uh, picture of things. And, and just, in other words, to, it, just let me insert a stat here for anyone who might be taking issue with what Stacey just said. I would refer to the um, well-validated poll between Democrats and Republicans and their take on the danger of the pandemic. And I believe it was... Th uh, Democrats thought that like 30 or 40% of people at one time would be hospitalized because of COVID when the mm -hmm. actual answer was like half of 1% or under 2% or something like that. Under two, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the Republicans had a much more realistic um, uh, yes. uh, explanation or interpretation of it. Yeah, one of the things that, that mo made Bree and I most crazy is we found ourselves agreeing with the regressive side um, uh, it's not progressive, progressive and conservative. It's progressive and regressive. And I'll get to a point why why we use those terms now. Mm -hmm. um, we couldn't believe that uh, about half, about a third of what the the far right was saying, we agreed with, <laughs> and and two thirds, of course, was conspiracy nut nutcases. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, in that sense, to answer your question, I don't think so. We would what what have we learned? We. Uh, if we had another one and they wanted to um, uh, under pain of, of, of or under penalty, if you don't get uh, their version of a jab uh, next time, there'll be riots in the streets if they try to um, um, make that a mandate. Anymore. If, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Because That's I think I people learn see. that they, because there yeah. are enough people who got two, three, four shots and still got it. I think we yes. see through that by now you would, you would think you would think i would hope uh, uh, yeah. yeah but i'm yeah. naive by nature yeah. so well i recently a really good friend of mine um said uh, you know this person says that uh uses the commonly used it's, it's a cultural meme uh, almost a trope in people's lives so all i i believe that most people really are good people and they want the best for everyone um, that trope of our of human consciousness to me just shows how little we understand how much the unconscious runs the conscious consciously yeah right but yeah. we were only aware of all, maximum one third of of, of of our actual being two thirds are unconscious and that drives us yeah. so all of our unconscious motives uh, drive our reactions and when we try to explain them only by conscious intentions 
we wind up in dead endville, misinformationville, projectionville, conspiracy, uh, nutcase uh, uh, kinds of things. A uh, cul-de-sac, which I recently cul- learned. Cul-de-sac. Do you know yes. what cul-de-sac means in French? Uh, not, not, no, I don't. Ass of the bag. Oh, nice. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Ass of the bag, a cul-de-sac of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. That's even better. Uh, Let's stop saying dead end. Let's say cul-de-sacs. Yeah, yeah, because it means ass of the bag. Yeah. You, you Sometimes you got to get down to the ass of the bag before you realize you got to do something different. <laughs> right. And, and let's let's segue now to um, the state of the world uh, and one of the states of the world domains that are in- interesting from an identity's point of view is this progressive versus regressive thing is that everybody's arguing the content uh, without seeing the context. Mm. Uh, the GOP, uh, for example, in America, which stands for the uh, um, uh, um, uh, grand old pedagogues now, uh, <laughs> uh, when it hooked its cabo- its engine to the caboose of Christianity back in the 70s, which, um, of course, Barry Goldwater uh, um, vehemently uh, tried to warn them, as soon as they made that shotgun marriage made in hell, literally, a political party, uh, the GOP became pedagogically theocratic. Yeah. Uh, and that has only gotten worse. Uh, throwing, um, putting the, the conservative movement into the hands of Christians was throwing gasoline on the fire. Uh, 60s were undermining Christianity uh, a lot. And by the time uh, uh, um, uh, the GOP started to wake up to, oh, let's like, let's hook our caboose here. Let's hook our engine to a caboose uh, of Christianity. Uh, the, the, the cast was, uh, the die was cast. And so when we say progressive versus regressive, um, people don't elect uh, persons anymore when they vote. Uh, they elect, they, they're electing worldviews, mm-hmm. not people. Uh, this is the or only- po- Much less policies. Much less policy. Oh my, yeah. that's that's too esoteric. Policies? No. All, they're knee-jerking voting for worldviews. And on the one side, the regressives are so terrified, so terrified of the browning of the world, mixed mm-hmm. marriages, uh, 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 can, uh, where they want to hold on retroactively uh, and reactively to the to this idea that, that Christianity supports in many ways, modern Christianity anyway, Pharisaic Christianity, um, uh, uh, that God, God gave the world to white people. Uh, white people, uh, because they are the only ones clever enough to build machines uh, and uh, all that, and all. And the of course, of- Jesus was white. I mean, obviously, well, because that's why I want to. I want to get to that next. <laughs> okay. Between Hinduism, uh, um, Islam, and Christianity, constitute about five and a half billion out of eight and a half billion people mm-hmm. on the planet. Uh, and it's really interesting to me. Let's let's. Let's parse that. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Gotama. Um, oh, that's a that's Buddhism. Sorry. Uh, the, the, uh, yeah, Gotama was Indian. He was brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muhammad was Arabic. He was brown. Mm-hmm. Yeshua was Jewish. He was brown. <laughs> None of the three leaders of the uh, the instigators of those three main religions, even though none of them wanted to make the religion happen at all, um, 
is uh, 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 we're brown, and yet the the versions of our of our especially in the West in Christianity uh, that Jesus had blue eyes and light skin um, was white. Uh, this is this is something so distorted and so so outrageous that racism is so such a big element of Western Christianity. Uh, and and the, the loudest and the most scummiest kinds of can, uh, consciousnesses about that are, are shouting out, are, 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 are silencing the more sober, uh, mm -hmm. honest, honest Christians that are out there that says Jesus wouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, the three main, uh, the three main uh, most powerful, because they, Gautama grew up in Hinduism. Uh, he was India. Indian, Arabic, and uh, um, and Jewish. Jewish, and yet those Middle Eastern Jewish, not just Middle like Eastern from Brooklyn Jewish. Jewish. <laughs> yes, not not uh, what, what? Yeah, what's the? Uh, not where my Jewish family came yes, from. Yes, no, 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 no. Uh, Jesus didn't didn't have dreadlocks and um, and didn't uh, uh, go what, to shul. You know what I'm able to go to shul. What I'm curious about is. Um, when are the um, democratic progressives going to like, you know, Confederate flags are not OK and you got to pull down your, um, you know, grant statues and whatnot. When are they going to start making noise about the depiction of Jesus as white? Um, yeah, it's um, this is why in, that, in one sense, uh, Edenists uh, simply watch with shaking head and sorrow in their heart about the degradation of our world into uh, two and it's not too much of an oversimplification, two different worldviews. Mm -hmm. Domination based in the regressive policies that are resisting globalism. Globalism is not, is, 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 is not a bad word. Globalism means cooperation, not competition. And, and that's what the progressives stand for, the ones that are sober anyway, uh, when they're thinking critically. Uh, they're standing for a globalistic cooperative world as opposed to um, a uh, nationalistic um, a competitive world. And the regressives want to have dug on their heels the last 50, 40 years to and religious conservatives joining the fray of resisting the future, resisting the unfoldment, resisting the fact that there's no such thing as race. There's only racism, which we make up in our heads, mm -hmm. uh, uh, because we're all souls, and uh, uh, we we might be conditioned culturally to have different pictures. That some are self-destructive, some are destructive to others, uh, but uh, in the end, uh, we're all children of the divine. So, in that sense, um, uh, the world has devolved into worldview uh, clashing, two progressive and regressive worldviews, and there's lots of edgy kind of it's not black and white, but it's black and white enough with some gray to that's not an oversimplification. So let me insert something here. There was a fascinating interview I once wrote an article about when um, Ira Glass on This American Life. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, super liberal guy interviewed Pat Buchanan. Um, oh. I think mm -hmm. it was during Trump's presidency. And the format of it was uh, the, the whole premise was. So Trump just won the presidency on your platform, basically, which mm -hmm. you uh, lost the presidency on in 92 or something a while back. Right. And the question was like, how is that for you? And mm -hmm. they have a conversation about it. It was a super interesting premise for a conversation. And at one point, 
Pat Buchanan falls into racism territory and just talks about, you know, his he's communicating his xenophobia and and Ira Glass being super liberal sort of edges him into that territory and at one point says, So like, you know, what what is it for you? Why is it that you you know, want these traditional values and sort of in between the lines, like, why do you want America to stay white? They're like actually talking about it without really using those words. Right, right, right. And Pat Buchanan, I kid, I kid you not, actually says, I'm barely paraphrasing. He says, yeah, you know, you just want to have a community that's sort of like what you grew up in. It's just more comfortable that way. He actually said that, like he just revealed, I'm more comfortable around white people, like practically just says it out loud. And what pissed me off about it was, where was Ira Glass reflecting that saying, wait, are you saying that you want America to stay white because it's more comfortable for you and you think that should be social policy for that reason? And he just let it go. Uh, See, that's that's why. uh, Well, let's let's um, let's go through what an Edenist uh, is uh, Uh and then we'll we'll come back to this conversation. uh, it's important here to insert it, I think. An Edenist or an emoto soulfully um, caring, mature individual is socially progressive, fiscally conservative, politically centrist, mm. empirically rigorous, mm. heartfully generous, sexually monogamous. <laughs> Philosophically anti-collectivismic, spiritually non-religious, and the most important of all, of all existentially curious. Um, so those nine aspects of an Edenist um, basically are the answer to the um, the deepening um, polarization of progressivism and regressivism, because we resist Edenist resists. Uncle Joe's um, uh, um, uh, simplistic worldview, uh, as much as uh, um, the other candidates' uh, psychopathology, um, and, and resist the wokeness, the all the excess wokeness and the pronoun uses and all that ridiculous stuff of the liberals. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to. I'm going to ask you to repeat that in a second. That list because it was gold, and I'm sure people would want to hear it again. But did you hear in the last week about this um, white guy who is identifying as a black woman? <laughs> oh, I heard. I, I I heard about it on the side, but I've not. No, and uh, the liberals are just scrambling to try to accept the transgender part, but not accept the uh, the trans race part. <laughs> oh my god! Because of course oh, it would be governed by the same logic in a way. Well, so sure, why? I'm identifying as a white person, um, uh, and so you must call me a white person, even though I'm <laughs> I'm I'm a black ancestor in the genetics. Okay, so, uh, repeat those one more time. I wrote most of them down, but one more time sure. for people. Um, socially progressive, fiscally conservative, politically centrist, which is why we're not Democrats or Republicans, uh, empirically rigorous. Mm. This, this, this speaks to real science, uh, real science, not fake science. Yeah. Um, heartfully generous, uh, sexually monogamous. Uh, ser- we're serial monogamous always. We don't do polyamory and we don't um, have affairs. Uh, philosophically, and this is a big one, anti-collectivismic. I want to talk about that a little more today. Why collectivismic instead of collectivistic? 
Um, to me, collectivismic, even though it's the less used term, uh, captures the flavor of uh, it's yeah. more directly collectivism itself. Yeah, it's against cancer. the ism. Yeah, I get it's it. A, it's a cancer uh, yeah. on the modern world okay. um, uh, for for medium for uh, not not for new souls, but for older medium uh, medium age souls. Spiritually non-religious, you would never catch an Edenist. Uh, uh, ascribing to any one of the big five religions. And uh, most importantly, the thing that subtracts absolutism all the way down to the ground is existentially curious. Mm. We are curious about what ifs. We never take absolute positions because that's what's killing the world is uh, is absolute positions. Well, I, um, I wish in one way I still had a Tinder profile because that's what I would put on it. This uh, list, <laughs> but yeah. I'm very glad I don't have to be. Um, yeah, and if you can, if there's people out there uh, who are Edenists um, uh, and are learning to embody it, not just in their head, an Edenist, uh, yeah. have another another couple additions to that. I'd love to get it up to thirteen, uh, just because I'd like it uh, to have thirteen. We've only got nine. I, I can live with nine, three, three, you know, three, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so the reason I wanted to put that out there now is that that will that list of how Edenists relate to themselves in the world um, explains virtually all of our positions about things, our our curious positions about things, our what if based positions. So it, th that list will answer just about any uh, um, position, or will explain just about any um, open handed position that we take in a what if way. So in that in that sense, I, I got an addition. Go ahead. Non codependently relational. Oh baby, that's it. I'm heading <laughs> to that right now. Non codependently relational. That's it. Thank so now you. we got ten. Now we could we could squeeze in three more to get to thirteen somehow. Well, let's 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 put that on the blackboard to see yeah. what comes. Who grabs the chalk? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so in, in this sense. Um, uh, the polarization of the world um, is, is one of these and not the others, or two or three of these and not the others. In other words, what this list says, it goes right in the middle to all the polarizations uh, that we're holding on to with, um, with our existential and our physical hands. Uh, as we said so many times in the past, uh, uh, Christians uh, are the new Pharisees uh, mm. in uh, in the modern day, um, and so the the linking of uh, the, the the right and Christianity uh, is doomed to failure. And it looks like it doesn't matter. They're so voting uh, for their survival and a regressive worldview that they're willing to have a, a narcissistic, psychopathic criminal. Uh, be the next president of the United States. Uh, this is how deeply they've they've uh, they've um, left the party of Abraham Lincoln. And yet, the Democrats, who have they got to to run it up here? Um, uh, there's only two um, people in leadership positions in politics that uh, um, uh, identity would ever say. Now, there's a moral person and a hugely intelligent person and a caring person all three there are two people in the in the in the in the uh, uh, administrative governmental world 
that qualify for that. I'm not going to name them because that would just create more polarization stuff. But they're all centrist in one way, in that way. Um, uh, uh, or both of them actually are, are centrist in that way. They're, they're not radical. They're only radical if because they're centrists. Uh, yeah. And so um, that, that the fact that the centrism is now even radicalized, is radicalized, uh, and the tragedy is if there was a third party, there's a no-label party out there uh, that's mm -hmm. funding now um, uh, in America. It'll it'll just uh, split the uh, uh, the tickets. It'll in, in allow the Republicans to win uh, yeah. because there there'll be more left than they are right from the right's point of view. Yeah, Central yeah, yeah. still left. If you're not all the way right, you're you're left, and that's yeah. the simplistic uh, consciousnesses of those people. Uh, they're young. What are you? What are you going to do? And they think they know it all, like teenagers think they know it all. Mm. Souls. So, in that sense, um, I'd like to go take off a little bit on collectivism because it's starting to infect the uh, the the uh, non-religious world now, uh, the non-religious spiritual world. There's something out there called unity. Y o u n i t y. Unity. Unity. Um, should look it up. Uh, it's uh, it's gathering steam over the last six months to a year, and it's attracting um, uh, all kinds of spiritual teachers and teachings into one conglomerate kind of unity. It's clever. Y o u n i t y. Very. Uh, even cl cleverer, more more clever is to put com c o m m in the front of it. Community. Very now, clever. That, that would be very. I haven't seen that yet. Maybe it's out there, but um, it's a it's a shame now that that that's uh, phrases out there. Uh, unity with a Y O U, because it is um, identity would would say if you look at all the people it's attracting, it's attracting uh, 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 people from all kinds of religions and and including someone like Eckhart Tolle, all of whom. Uh, uh, the, all, this whole community community that's that's becoming a new wheelhouse for all the spiritual teachings is expressly collectivismic um, uh, in in the sense that there's no actionable uh, reality that could come out of this unity thing because the points of view are so widely metaphysically differing. It's the ultimate cherry picking festival. Uh, of paradigms, mm -hmm. uh, and it thinks that by bringing all these people from different points of view together, it's going to create something actionable for the consciousness of the planet. And that's that's like saying um, uh, the Pope uh, has actionable intel or activity in ecumenism when he holds that anyone except a baptized Catholic is going to hell automatically. So he can't ever be honestly ecumenical because he wants to dampen the fact that his own teaching dogma says that anyone who's not baptized Catholic goes directly to hell. No passing go straight to jail that way. So there's no action about actionability in ecumenism for the Pope, and yet he strives every day to be ecumenical. It's just a crazy-making metaphysical impossibility when you have a position that's absolute like that. Yeah, having an absolute position and an absolute need to get more members. When you combine yes. that, <laughs> exactly you end up in metaphysical twister. 
Right. Anyway, Unity is drawing uh, um, a lot of new age uh, uh, attention these days. And I just it's it's a it's it, there's no actionable outcome that can come out of it because uh, from uh, um, uh, identity's point of view, what if it were true that the only healthy group, the only healthy group was comprised of emotively or emotosofully mature people? Because a group comprised of mostly unconsciously driven uh, consciousness bandwidths will never gel into a long-term actionable positive effect on human consciousness. Um, and so all these uh, these mishmashes together um, sound good, feel good, uh, are really serving unconscious self-images. It's not to say we're criticizing it as much as saying, please um, investigate it if, it's, if it calls to you. But here's identity's suggestion that uh, it's not likely to um, do anything except support paradigmatic, um, uh, uh, non, uh, par paradigmatic polyamory. Uh, and 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 that seems inclusive. It's yeah. at the level of spin and concept, but at the level of reality, it's impossible. When Eckhart Tolle maintains the self doesn't exist, um, and uh, and um, another uh, uh, speaker there will is convinced that Jesus is the Son of God, uh, born uh, spermlessly. These two are never going to go together ever. And yet, oh, we all get feel good. Well, look, let's hug it out. We can, we can yes, be. But uh, if we believe that we can yeah. all get along, right, then, oh, yeah. and transcend our differences and look past yes. them, then maybe we'll be able to do that. Exactly. And identity weeps um, if it had eyes to weep uh, and a heart to to weep at uh, how unconscious the world is about what it puts on pedestals and altars. Uh, as inspirational, uh, it ninety nine percent of the time it's just false. Um, it's false syrup, uh, and it doesn't really get to what ails human. Empty calories. Empty. Oh, even better. Yes, yeah. empty calories of psycho spirituality now. So uh, I just wanted to um, earmark that because in the coming year or three, this is really going to burgeon into something, uh, um, uh, unfortunately, that looks like the answer uh, to things. And it's not. Um, there's no ecumenism to the unconscious that drives our conscious absolutisms. So um, in all that way, unless Eckhart and a born-again Christian would renounce their absolutism, now they'd have some room. Well, now what's really true then if neither of our truths are absolute, right? Mm -hmm. what's, what's, now we've got some room to discuss what might be really true or real. But unless they loosen their grip on their absolute truths, all kinds of collectivisms, even cleverly named ones like unity, are going to serve up uh, empty calories in the end yeah, for the heart and soul. It's so fascinating how infinitely varied it seems an old set of assumptions about reality can be. And yeah. I've yeah. really been reflecting a lot on recently with uh, the, the woke left and um, about the languaging and the pronouns. And I spoke to someone recently who said they were feeling really triggered by their partner um, they said almost triggered and like, I feel like I'm having constant emotional reactions with them. 
And I said, and, and I said, you mean triggered, right? And, and, uh, and they said, well, I don't want to reuse the word triggered. And I was like, uh-oh. Like, where is this going to go? And I was like, well, if it's not a trigger, how would you hold it? And they're like, well, I see it more as an opportunity. And inside my head, I'm like trying to follow their paradigm. Oh, God. God. Right? And it's like, well, I see it as an opportunity uh, because, you know, I could learn from this and I can let it go. And I'm like, inside my head, I'm being like, the trigger is the opportunity because as we've discussed at length, you know, that's where you can see why you're triggered and how that goes back to your childhood wounds. But this person had done some therapy and didn't get anywhere, no fault of of theirs. Probably they just weren't in the right modality or the right person. And so all they were left with was someone who's helping them compensate for their triggers, not actually investigate and unpack and deconstruct and heal. Yes. Yes. So they'd been there and done that. And now they're left with, I'm just going to reframe it. I'm not triggered because, quote, they said that's negatively connotated. So instead, I'm going to call it an opportunity. And I think a lot about, yeah, I know. And it just hurts and it's sad because this person, they knew enough to to know that there's psychological import to it, but Uh had dead ended mainstream psychology and so gave up on it, understandably. And um, yeah, it's heartbreaking. It is, and here's where the the long-term catastrophe of compassionate communication and uh, what's the other one? Nonviolent communication. No, nonviolent and um, the- the, Landmark education? No, no, the the poster child paradigm. NLP. NLP. Um, This is the both- (laughs) Poster child was the cue for me to get NLP for Poster child. NLP, if we just reframe it, oh, I see a tornado coming at me. Um, I'm going to stay right here because this is an opportunity, not a threat. Yeah, uh, it's all in your mind. What what it's like to be sucked up the center of a funnel cloud. I might learn something from this. Um, This is the saddest, uh, the the fact that NLP and compassionate or nonviolent communication have created such a cancer in in, in our uh, um, in our empirical clarity domain of consciousness, yeah. as as to be a, uh, it's just a tragedy. I, okay, I, I I can call it a catastrophe and a tragedy. Yeah. You see, because this, uh, this this stuff, I have a fascination around it. Maybe in part because I was exposed to some of the stuff in college. I went to college in the mid '90s and was in humanities, and there was a lot of focus on. Um, Jacques Lacan and Derrida mm-hmm. and French, French existential philosophers who were really the leading edge of extreme subjectivism. That's like, yes. we create our own reality with our minds. So let's right. use language. I don't know what preceded what there with um, NLP and whatnot, but it's it's fascinating to me. And that's what the woke left is doing. They're taking yes. that all the way down to day to day. Well, call me by this pronoun and that will help me feel more like a woman or man or whatever. Um, yes. And it's I find it completely fascinating, and um, so the that's the the I see the left is dead ending um, that kind of subjectivism of right. well uh, my mind is creating my reality so let me go to work manipulating my mind oh I right. saw some a guy on LinkedIn recently 
um, that I brushed shoulders with here and there uh, was sharing this um, technique he was so proud of that uh, he puts like a half a dozen bracelets on his left hand. And every time he complains, he moves the bracelet from the left hand to the right hand. And the, it's all about um, efforting to not complain because if he just can stop himself from complaining, you know, out loud, I guess, then that yes. will improve his experience. And I hear this kind of stuff like, didn't we all dead end this stuff like 25 years ago? We, we did. That's why it's spiraling in a devolution. It really yeah. is getting worse. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it feels bad. desperate. It, it, it is desperate. It's just, just as desperate as the Christians who had a whole, have to white, hold on to white supremacy. Yeah. Um, it's just as desperate. It's all compensational to not go forward. To say, if I don't complain, rather than look at the inner thing, the unconscious thing that drives the complaining, mm -hmm. that you can change it with superficial clothes changing, literally moving. It's like move, changing your clothes to improve your body odor. Uh, <laughs> it's sort of like when you wash your car, it feels like it's running better. It does. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know yeah, it didn't make a difference at all. <laughs> So anyway, these are tragic, catastrophic um, uh, underminings of sober consciousness, everything we're speaking to here. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'd like to kind of um, close out here with the ultimate uh, moving from psycho-spirituality um, and unity of the unity thing to the World Economic Forum, um, where um, transhumanism uh, is being touted by supposedly a compassionate person named Klaus Schwab, who uh, wants to take advantage of technology to heal all the ills of humanity. And that means hooking us to up to computers, having implants in our bodies, um, all these uh. things. Uh, but he's selling it compassionately and uh, as opposed to controllingly the, the end game. We're not conspiracists, we're not. And Klaus Schwab uh, is uh, is um, one of the most. If, if 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 identity, somebody ever asked me if if the Antichrist uh, was a true being that was lived on the planet, who would you name? And I would say, well, there is no Antichrist because there never was a Christ. Uh, the Christus is a part of divine being, not. Uh, and humanity is part of the Christus, but there's no one person who's the Christ. There can't be an opposite of that. No, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and since Christianity is all based on lies, I was a pope. I know the Vatican knows uh, they're selling a lie. I know that it's in their archives. Mm -hmm. And they just, well, they've convinced themselves over the centuries uh, I, uh, uh, that that we if we bring that in, it'll look like we lied to everybody, which we did. But look at all the good we're doing. And yeah. that's that outweighs this truth. You know? Well, that that's the same thing that Fauci did, right? Yes, exactly. It's yeah, an, it's an efficacious and convenient and important uh, lie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if if using those two caveats that mm. uh, there's no such thing as the Christ and Christianity is based on a lie. If I were to name if there was someone living on the planet today who was the Antichrist, I would immediately say Klaus Schwab. Uh -huh. Because he's basically a Nazi uh, wearing white robes um, and wants to control uh, the planet and make himself a mega billionaire on top of it. Now, I say that um, I name a name here, which I don't usually like to do, because uh, this transhumanism captures all the the garbage muck of um, 
of a mind only uh, consciousness created by mind only. We're just biological beings. Uh, Schwab is a is a realist that way. He's a mind energy guy, not a soulful, uh, heartful guy, and uh, it's all it's all a mask. And so, I could be wrong. I never met the guy, but I've seen him on on tape, and I look in his eyes, and um, it's just astounding to me. It's still to this day, Joseph, how many people can't see the darkness and lead these leaders' eyes. I mean, it was it was immediate. It's immediate for Edenists. They can see it in the eyes of, of people who are extolled as great leaders. And, yeah. and the darkness in their eyes is so evident yeah. to an advanced Edenist that it's heartbreaking to see. So we say this not out of criticism, but just out of, um, I say this out of, out of compassionate um, realism that uh, humankind has to wake up one day to the fact that two-thirds of what they think is true is driven by wound-based intentions and motives, and so distorts their reality to the degree they're unhealed on the inside, which psychology can't do because it's based on mind and energy first and body first, not emotion and soulful uh, first. So uh, we need a, a, a whole renaissance equal to the switch from um, uh, uh, terracentrism to heliocentrism uh, in terms of emoto soulful centrism to the uh, to the essence of human uh, of the human being away from mental uh, and energetical and physical. And that's where we stand uh, with everything with identity. It's it's not rocket science uh, identity. It's it's really pretty clear and simple, but it's playouts oftentimes are are rocket science to unfold. But yeah, the premise Yeah, when it makes sense to people and there mm-hmm. isn't a um a calcified piece of conditioning preventing it from being taken in and embodied which yes. is rare but when that isn't the case it's sort of eminently livable and relatable that's what i find so funny um mm-hmm. but it just it scares up so many of the protector tigers from the tall grass and people um oh, that they yes. just kick right. and scream sometimes um yeah went to the degree their identity is wrapped around something that isn't true yeah and that's 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 the common disease of this planet is uh, we're all holding on to self images as identities mm-hmm. when we don't realize that our true identity has never been made um, embodiable until we ex- examine our unconscious uh, mm-hmm. and identity has a way to do that it's not magic but it sure seems like it sometimes for sure uh, what it does uh, the personhood dharma in in um, identity so in that sense i, I hope we sort of married together in an unholy shotgun marriage here um, uh, uh, how identity sees uh, the state of the world at the moment um, exemplified by the the uh, complete distortions and dishonesties associated with the national and globalistic reaction to COVID uh, is that you know when it's the metaphor for us is uh, the metaphor for a healthy immune system uh, Mm -hmm. in the physical body is a mature, emotional, soulful, um, emotional body. Well, and related to that, I wanted to get this in before, but I didn't want to, the episode to end without speaking about what the pandemic did to our relationship to news. Which oh, yes. Has uh-huh. also been heavily subjectified with the 
the internet, it was already happening. The internet was destroying the world of uh, newspapers and journalism. And so the whole thing got rebased in terms of, uh, instead of being about uh, reporting on the truth, it became far and more about disseminating opinions and getting clicks and selling papers. So much yes. so that um, we have uh, more news sources are um, actually peddling opinion pieces as news pieces than yes. ever before and not admitting it. Um, which yes. is a serious problem. Uh, that's that's another cancer uh, uh, eating at our communications domain uh, in this planet. And a, a little sidebar on that. It's not exactly the same thing, uh, but it's related to that is CNN's uh, town hall uh, interviewing mm -hmm. Trump. Uh, oh, yeah. It had, it had the same disingen disingen disingenuous uh, motives well, it's news. Uh, this guy's running for president, so we can justify it. And all it did was give him a uh, another forum uh, to yep. peddle his 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 delusions. I mean, there. I'm starting, believe it or not, I'm starting to just really pity this consciousness person. Mm. I heard someone describe him at Trump as a, a failed experiment in humanity. Oh uh, man, I did not make that up. I heard that, but. I can see why that person said that, but I mean, this man is not only psychopathic and a criminal and a patriarch, he's, he's, uh, uh, he's delusional. And they gave him a, uh, an uptick. He got an uptick in, uh, in the polls because of what CNN did. Yeah. And that poor, that poor woman was just clueless. Because they did, they approached it as sensationalized journalism, and they pounced on him in petty ways instead of trying to take take apart his thinking, which they easily yeah. could have done. And yeah, she just, they were softballs by that measure. Yeah, uh, all softballs, and so in that sense, it's related to what you just said about um, uh, the news being points of view now, not not independent news. News, it's all uh, uh, it's all peddled in this um, amorphous behind-the-scenes polarism, polarities. And it makes me concerned about, like, you know, someone who uh, is, like, 10 to 15 years old these days. Like, are they growing up potentially without any sense of objectivism at all? And they yes. just see reality in terms of competing ideologies and there's no the way it is? Right. That's right. This is a this is a terrifying thought. Um, mm -hmm. I'm glad you, you articulated this near the closure today because that is what we're creating. Um, the whole spin thing we talked about earlier that was mm -hmm. born out of the '60s uh, uh, um, that points of view determine reality yeah. rather than reality determining points of view, <laughs> and, and and that oh, that right there that simple sentence is what we're creating for the next bunch of generations. Who will simply have been conditioned that there's no such thing as objective reality, mm -hmm. meaning if a piano is falling down uh, out of a window from an upper story uh, in New York because the movers screwed up, uh, screwed up, and you look up, well, there's no objective reality. Um, uh, that's just my mind telling me a piano is hurtling me at 32 yeah. feet per second per second. Well, they uh, would say that's different and not appreciate oh, yeah. that it's actually not in one way. <laughs> it's not different. There's a there is an emoto soulful objectivity. Yeah. Uh, and the proof of it is that over the years, Joseph, and you can attest to this, 
that the deeper we go in healing our unconscious of its distortive reality features, um, filters, the more wildly differently conditioned people who are drawn to Edenity start having the same values. Yeah. Not not because it's a damn cult of driving them to believe what they think they what they want them to believe, but but independently they find we're starting to share values. There is a, it's not definitive. It can mm. that can be argued. I I get that. I'm not stupid. But um it's a compelling possibility that something you ended with last time about the bigness of the paradigm. Uh-huh. Well, it's 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 the bigness of the paradigm is simply in its actionable assumptions that can be played out as self-validating and that you can self-validate objective reality if you stop believing that there's that the mind only creates subject subjective realities right so um in this sense this is the disease that we're handing down to the next generation and the the bad news is everything we're saying in this podcast today is enough to make you want to reach for some shiny golden liquid to uh, numb your uh, <laughs> your your heavy heart about the state of humanity on the other side as we said last time um, the future of a of a crest is always a trough um, this whole top heavy um, uh, a distortive consciousness planet of humans uh, is has to collapse I just I don't feel it's going to be a, um, a return to the Stone Age. It might be something as simple as a five or six month um, uh, burnout of all the infrastructure internet uh, from a solar flare. Mm-hmm. That that would come as close as we can get. It might wake us up to what we've done to ourselves to have no shared global reality of subjective pol- polarisms and polarity without the internet. Or aliens show up and do something, say something. Or aliens show up, something, right? Mm -hmm. They could hover, they could land in Maui and hover 100 feet above your house, Joseph. And then everyone would go, what's so special about him? Half the world would say, you're you're part of them to help destroy. Oh, for sure, yeah. You're you're one of them, right? And the other half would say, what's so special about this guy that the aliens would want to hover over his house in Maui? Wow. That would be so, good marketing for sure. Yeah, yeah. it certainly would. <laughs> but you have in this world, you'd have just as many, if not more, people have it on good. I heard, I heard that yeah. he he's an alien who's shape shifting and he's helping them plan yeah. the destruction of humanity. Well, fortunately, I'd be able to use the money I would get from all the attention to hire security to defend myself <laughs> against the other half of the population. <laughs> but I would have to act fast. Well, yeah, because there's such a thing as an RPG, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it wouldn't come necessarily in terms of uh, human intel, you know. Yeah. At any yeah. rate, uh, smile uh, somewhere inside yourself because uh, the planet is being seeded now with the fact that there is such a thing as objective reality, but it's emotal, soulfully um, founded. Um, and that's the only way to ever get the self-validation that there is such a thing as objective reality. And I, I think there is, I think the the insanity of the left and the right is helping to um, foment a, yeah. a, a middle, a, a centrist middle uh-huh. that mostly they're just people who can think critically in some yeah. middle, but they don't have a paradigm. Right. Right. So that middle is growing and they tend to be quiet because they don't want to piss off the right or the left. But exactly. I find myself in conversations with people a lot more than I would expect 
that agree yeah. with a lot of the religious, political, social things that I say. And there's yeah. this kind of like realization like, oh, God, thank God you're someone who's actually thinking critical about these things. Um, yes. And so maybe identity is something that um, draws those people at some point. I don't know. It would, it would just like to be part of the conversation. Yeah, for sure. That's all. Just just And that's what this podcast is doing. Um, this goes out and, um, and, and, and we're already entering that conversation. Yeah. So we want people to have as much honest information about the what ifness, uh, what if all of this is true, so that uh, they can turn that into some sort of actionable reorientation for their lives. So what do you want to talk about next time? Boy, there's a question. Uh, maybe the Josephus will come up with a topic if I don't. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll figure it out and I'll, okay. I'll, I'll chew on it. So. Okay. I just want to see if you had anything planned so we could tease it for next time. <laughs> not, so the teaser is, yeah, so <laughs> the teaser is tune in next time to find out what the hell we're going to be talking about. Uh, in the meantime, <laughs> thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you and being part of this conversation. Thank you, Stace. I appreciate you. And yeah. Same back at you, bud. All right. Until next time. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. To learn more about Stace Barron and Identity, please visit identity.org. To learn more about Joseph Shapiro, visit clearandopen.com. Until next time, we wish you well on your journey. <laughs>